Hello and welcome to another Network Optimist production of the Networking Tools with your Networking Tools and hosts, J.W. Nigerian and Bob Schechter as they discuss business, finance, and lifestyle. Well, hello everybody. This is J.W. Nigerian and Bob Schechter, your Networking Fools, over at thenetworkingfool.com. Uh, you can go to www.networkingfool.com to find us. And uh, anyway, how you doing today, Bob? I'm doing good. Uh, looking forward to our guest, Ken, stopping by. Um, you and I know that Ken has been on a, a parallel course with us as far as networking. You know, we call ourselves the Networking Fool. Uh, Ken has been dubbed the perfect networker. And for the last two years, uh, Ken's been pretty much doing the same thing we've doing, been doing, which is, you know, reaching out, trying to help people. Yeah, why is he the perfect networker and we're the fool? What, what's with that? <laughs> I guess he's got a better marketing group. <laughs> uh, I never thought of that. But Ken is actually, uh, and hopefully we'll get to meet him if, he, if he's doesn't forget that he's supposed to be here, but Ken is uh, pretty amazing in that he's one of those people that you, you look to that walks the, the walk, you know, that he talks. He's he's not only an editor, uh, an author, he's published a book, and uh, that book is actually called Becoming the Perfect Networker. Um, Ken also does an incredible amount of globetrotting. He travels the world. He's a DJ at a company called Absolute Entertainment. Um, and what else does he do? And he's also, oddly enough, he's on a local reality show in Baltimore called Goodfellas. Uh, and I don't know that we'll ask him about that. I'm not sure if it's a sensitive subject, uh, but it sounds like a terrific show. It seems like it's a bunch of executives in Baltimore that get together and try and do good for the community. Oh, so now he's a perfect work, uh, networker and uh, do-gooder. World traveler. I guess we're just, you know, what, what do we, you know. We're just, uh, what, chicken soup here? I don't know. Uh, well, if he, gets, if he gets on here, I'm, I'm, we're going to obviously have to kiss his ring before he'll talk to us. Well, there you go. But did, uh, did he get Shannon uh, well, Tweed? In the meantime, uh, while we're waiting for Ken to come on, let, let's discuss what we do as far as networking. Okay. Uh, we are big into networking, and we both of us believe uh, that's why we started the Networking Fool, was to, to help people and to gather people and... Uh, I think we're doing a pretty good job of it. Yeah, we're getting, you know, we're pretty eclectic, and uh, that actually serves us. Yeah, we, we, actually we are. We, we not only do a, a, an interview section where we interview some celebrities and some people in the networking industry, marketing industry, and uh, Internet media in general, but we also have a business section. Uh, which actually plays into, uh, we'll, we can segue and let people know that we also do our CREPIG, C-R-E-P-I-G.com, uh, because we're both very much into the uh, real estate business. And so the site itself has become a, a, a repository for all things networking. Well, that's true. You know, uh, Bob and I um, were working with the Commercial Real Estate Professional Investors Group, about 9,000 investors worldwide. And, of course, we were doing interviews with members and uh, specialists in commercial real estate and finance. And they're pretty dry, to be honest with you. Um, but they're, they're good. They're very informative, and they're great for the crowd, and you learn a lot of great stuff. Um, 
And we're putting together a, a ton of great panel discussions coming up really soon on, on that, uh, if you're into commercial real estate or finance in that, in that capacity. Um, but we, you know, I was also working with uh, some authors and some gurus and decided to leverage that out to kind of have a little fun and get a little more eclectic and to try to serve the public more and, um, you know, kind of work with a purpose, doing, you know, great, you know, giving out great information and interesting information. And I think that authors and gurus and speakers and celebrities are interesting people that have interesting things to say. And uh, we started out with people like, uh, you know, the VP of, uh, a former uh, VP of Disney World, talking about leadership and management. Uh, and Lee how Cockerell. Lee Cockerell. And, when you know, he, he's the one who, yeah, there's a lot of books on leadership and management the Disney way, but he's the one actually came up with it. So um, I think he's probably the best guy to listen to, and he gave us an hour of just extreme profound uh, information about how he uh, put his organization together and how he did, you know, how he runs and what he does. You know, we talked to people like Rick Frischman, who's uh, one of the largest publicists in the United States, about how to write a book, publish it, and market it yourself. Uh, Jordan Goodman on uh, how to get out of debt. He's uh, just he was coming going to the view that week to give them five minutes of his time to talk about uh, getting out of debt in this crazy economy, and he gave us an hour about <laughs> and fed us with a fire hose with information on what to do. <laughs> yeah, and these discussions aren't really all that dry. Some of these guys obviously are doing it. They do it so often that even though it's hard to get a word in edgewise, they are entertaining because they all they all. They're all professional speakers, so it's, it's really interesting to hear. Well, Lee Cockrell, for instance, uh, you know, we had a great conversation with him and went off topic into education, and he had some, yeah. you know, he was very, uh, <laughs> he, had some, he definitely had some opinions, and he let us know about it, which is great. Yeah, very demonstrative about the education system, but he's not just talking about it. Uh, he's, he's out there doing things, visiting high schools. Um, I, don't, I don't want to promote him to people, but he does that, and it's a phenomenal piece that he does with them. It's hard not to promote and endorse Lee Cockrell. I mean, he does. He goes to high schools for free, and all you do is call his office if you want him out there. I'm sure, you know, he would consider you, you know, based on what his schedule was, because he he is traveling the country. Um, and I, it's hard not to endorse him. He is the guy, you know. I believe in his, um, you know. I mean, I'm not trying to sell anything for him, but. Uh, I don't make any money if he sells books, but seriously, he's uh, got a great. Ma I read his book. What is it called? The Creating, Creating Magic. Create, yeah, Creating Magic. And uh, I can't say that I don't believe in everything he talks about. And who am I to say differently? I never ran forty thousand and you know cast members and twenty hotels and four theme parks. I mean, what do I know? Yeah, it's a pretty remarkable business technique. It's, it's 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 common sense thing when you look back and think about it, but you know when you're in the midst of trying to get a business to survive, a lot of the things you just don't think about. So the the the, the book, his speeches, his thoughts are are fantastic to listen to. Yeah, we got some more exciting stuff. Let me uh, let me fill the people in while we're waiting for Ken. Um, you know, we have a lot of people coming up that I think you'll be really excited about, but we don't have them. We don't have their interviews done yet, so I, I just won't mention them. But we do have some, um, we do have some exciting information. Uh, we've teamed up with uh, Lisa Schneiderman, who's actually uh, we did an interview with, and she's uh, a publicist who studied under Lee Salters, who was the publicist for Frank Sinatra, Barbara Streisand, Michael Jackson, and she she uh, gave us an hour to tell us how to become your own publicist. Really interesting interview that'll be coming out in a week or so. 
Um, and uh, she asked if, if we could get together and form some kind of alliance because she likes what we're doing, and she wanted to help us get uh, better interviews. And she, frankly, she's a better interviewer than either one of us, and she's much cuter than both of us. And, and to be honest with you, we're, we're out there helping people. We're not here to you know just shine the spotlight on us and go, hey, look at look at me. It's a really about getting out the content. So I said, hey, you know, if you do, um, you know, celebrities, if you can do some interviews for us, we'd be happy to put them out there. And um, I went out with her, and we picked up an interview with Shannon Tweed. We picked up an interview with uh, Tippi Hedren. She was the one who did the movie The Birds years ago. Uh, she's the mother of uh, Melanie Griffith. Um, we got, uh, let's see, Marla Maples, remember Trump's uh, old girlfriend? And I, I don't think he ever married her. Oh, don't say it that way, but yeah. Trump's wonder. she's actually gorgeous. Uh, she is just beautiful and stunning, uh, up close and far away. And um, we, we had a nice uh, talk with her. We also picked up uh, quite a few. Um, if anybody know who, who knows who Oprah is, they probably know who Marianne Williamson is. And we did an interview with her. Um, and we have a lot coming up, so uh, there's actually a lot more names that um, are just skipping my brain at the at, for right now. But um, we have some great stuff coming. Up. I wonder if uh, if after we speak to Marla, she'll be able to get the the Don to to join us for an interview. He's, he's fairly uh, you know reclusive when it comes to interviews. Uh, you know, and by the way, I actually met Donald Trump on. When he was just a kid, helping his dad out in the construction world back in uh, 1969, mm. and uh, uh, he wasn't all that full of himself back then. He was pretty <laughs> much, you know, he was a nice kid trying to, you know, follow. Of course, his dad was a tough cookie. You know, it would have been, you know, if he got on his high horse, Donald, I think his dad would have just whacked him on the back of the head and said, "Hey, remember where you came from," kind of thing. But. Uh, very interesting stuff. I, I hope that all our interviews um, come up quickly because there's a lot of people that I'm really looking forward to talking to. And actually, we should tell our readers, um, our listeners, that if they if they know people that are involved in our business and that would like to participate, um, they can find us at CrayBig.com. Well, I don't know why you'd say just our business. I mean, if you're a celebrity and you just happen to hear this, uh, here's the deal. Um, or if you know a celebrity... Or you want to be an interviewer yourself. You want to interview somebody and give and, and have us host it. We're more than happy to do that. Our site's growing very quickly, and uh, we know how to get SEO. Uh, we've done it before. Um, anyway, here's the deal. Um, if you're a celeb or you know a celeb or you want to put something out, uh, what we're doing is a little different than uh, most uh, sites that have authors, speakers, celebrities, and that is that we are trying to... Um, we're trying to be different in the fact that we just don't go out there and say, hey, tell us about your new movie, and uh, you can say, well, I love the director, and uh, the actors I worked with were great, and the script was great, and I, it's hard to say no, and, and we traveled to a wonderful place, and you know, it was really great, and this was really great, and that was really great. Um, instead, you know, we, uh, there's, there's so many places for that, and we're not TMZ. We don't want to hear about your, your newest uh, sexual conquest. What we're more interested in is in in your life story and, and, and your cause. And, uh, you know, cause is important. We spoke earlier about being purpose-driven, and, and, and we mean that. Um, we want compelling, wonderful stories to go out there. 
and uh, we want you to tell us about your cause. Uh, and a lot of times for celebrities that go out there on the circuit, they tell their story about the movie, and then they talk about their cause, and the cause goes on the cutting room floor. Not with us, because we're much yeah, more interested. But we we like that because they're passionate about it, and it it really is. You know, I mean, we have stuff that we'd love to get involved in with them. It's phenomenal stuff. Yeah, you know, it, it it helps us to do good if we even if we just you know give a little promotion to their cause. Hey, you know, it's kind of like uh, it. You know, it makes us feel good that we did good, something good for you know for people. Um, so anyway, the the long story is short is. We're open to. We don't have to be the heads of and the and the top networking fools. If you want to be a networking fool, you are totally um, invited uh, to right. come and help us or or give us an interview or Definitely whatever. Room for, room for more fools. Yeah, there's. Oh, what what? I think we need more fools out there. <laughs> no, everybody seems to know exactly what's going on. They have the answers to everything, and that's probably one of the biggest problems we have right now. That's why we can't get anything done, and that's why we're in the state we're in, because nobody is listening. Everybody's talking. Everybody knows everything. Everybody can't. Nobody can be taught anymore. Nobody hears anybody. Nobody listens anymore. It's all about me, 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 me. Truth is, most of us don't know squat. And we're just out there trying to get along and, you know, and uh, survive. And I think it's a lot easier in this world to survive um, if, you're, if you're open to learning, if you're teachable. It's true. I always tell people I'm smart enough to know just how stupid I am. <laughs> what is it? Keith Cunningham, one of the guys we were talking to, about talking to us, one of my favorite speakers of all times on business. And he says, uh, what was it we're saying here? He says uh, some of my some of my worst times came from my best ideas. That's right. <laughs> I probably said that all wrong. Anyway. Well, we, and we know we know you know not the segue, but I, it actually looks like uh, we, we may have gotten uh, we may have gotten our wires crossed with Ken. Uh, so he might not be showing up. He's he's incredibly prompt, and we've had one or two discussions before, and he's been right on time. So I, I really have a feeling that he just couldn't make it. Uh, maybe he's out globe trotting as we discussed. Uh, so maybe we should just get right into one of the topics that we have to discuss, which is, you know, we, we talk about. <laughs> I hate to say it, but how, how incredibly stupid people seem um, when it's not the reality of it. You, you know, you've watched Jaywalking when oh. Jay Leno goes out? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did he, yeah he stole that, supposedly. He stole that from um, uh, Howard Stern, according to Howard. Yeah, according to Howard, right. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Howard, I think Howard did that, you know, in, the, in his NBC days. And be yeah, possible. Mm -hmm, so, but I, I think it's fascinating when Jay will actually meet people, kids, because a lot of times it's kids. But these are college kids. These are incredibly bright. I mean, I, I saw one time when he was actually at an Ivy League school, and he did this jaywalking, and it was incredible how when 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 pinned down and asked the most. It's the simplest questions. Even the most brilliant people will just absolutely lose their minds. So I think it's pretty good that everybody has a, a sense of humor about who they are and what they know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I often think, oh, how stupid. But then I think, you know, how many... How many yeah, it's been a long time since I took civics. Yeah. 
And my spelling, I used to be a great speller, and now that with spell check, I've become the most atrocious speller. Um, I couldn't name the states and the cities and, you know, and the capitals anymore. Uh, I, I, you know, give me a, a map of the world. I think I'm probably, I believe I'm better, but I don't want to take the test. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, unfortunately, most people only remember, and because that's part of it. They've actually done experiments. Most people tend to remember only what they need to remember to survive in the world, and they and and things that get that get pushed to the back of our mind tend to get buried in the back of our mind. Doesn't mean it's gone. It just means there's a place in that gray matter that's storing it. That I guess unless you just hit somebody over the head, they're not going to remember it. Um, I, I do well because my shock therapy it, it brings it out all the time. Well, it's funny because I listen to, you know, I'm a Discovery Channel guy, and I also watch Charlie Rose every night. So I should really be up on the current affairs and who's in what position and who's doing what. And, and and to be honest with you, after I listen to it, you know, I mean, five minutes later, if you ask me who the guy was who was on there, I forget. So. <laughs> no idea. I couldn't name two senators anymore. It's just just gotten to the point where, and they all look alike and sound alike, so I guess I just, hey, they all blend into one, so you're, yeah, you're right. I, we just don't want to remember it anymore. Now, the only time I really get into it, you know, I'll see something that that's interesting, and so then at that point, I'll, uh, I'll go, you know, Google and do all the research and write my blog out, but, at, you know, after I'm done uh, researching and writing, uh, I'm pretty much, you know, it, it's, it was like math in, in college. You know, I, I got my engineering degree, and I went all the way through derivatives and all that crap in math, or whatever they call them. I, I probably even saying it wrong. But, I, I mean, I went through some heavy-duty math. But I, I would learn it. I mean, absolutely learn it. I even tutored it. And as soon as the test was over, I forgot it. That's right. And I remember many times I was in my job later on, uh, and I'd have to come up with the simplest of, uh, you know, equations, and I always had to go back to the books. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, it's funny because when I have the kids and they're going through their math, and the simplest things, I have to go through their textbook now. And like you, you know, my degree was in pre-med, so I had to do a lot of math. And now when they do, you know, eighth grade math, I have to look through their textbook to find the things. It's just, it's almost scary. But uh, when you don't use it, you lose it. That's what they tell you. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Well, that's why I'm afraid to retire. I think I'll become a vegetable. I know, but you know the, the the plasticity of the brain, as they as they speak about the brain. Um, <coughs> I had to hit the cough button. Um, I have a little sore throat, so I'm sucking down lozenges. Uh, to get those interviews, we had to stay up late night on some uh, on uh, red carpets. And just let me segue a second. Um, I've done a lot of stuff in my life, and uh, red carpets. Oh my gosh, we're talking about a fight. You you have to you cannot be nice. You must stand your ground, and it's doggy dog. <laughs> well, and you, and you don't really go there with any particular uh, credentials. Oh no! Well, okay, like I had two people with me. I got a cameraman who had happened to be a great. He knows the industry quite well, and of course, uh, my interviewer Lisa Schneiderman has been there, done that. So when I got out there and I started being nice and moving over for people, they're looking at me like, "What the frick are you doing?" 
Get the hell in there, put your feet in there, claim your space, and your elbows are weapons. They are, they are not holding, your hands hold the camera, your elbows, your elbows are used to knock people aside. I'm like, oh, well, why can't, you know, do we have to do it like that? Well, you don't, you know, you don't have to do it like that, but you're not going to get a picture. That's right. You're not going to get the interview. Although eventually, they'll, you know, the networking fools will have a separate little podium where people will, will have our booth where people will come up to the fools' booth and stuff like that. <laughs> When's that going to happen? What are you talking about? Yeah, just wait, you know, we know where you're going, but we're going to usher you over to uh, make sure that Bob and JW can uh, interview you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you've been watching too much on TV. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the problem is, is we're having so much fun with it, you know. Uh, maybe we're having too much fun with it. There you go. Hey, listen, I'm sorry, I knocked you off the point you were trying to make. No, that's okay. I think that's more, I think that's a better point because, you know, it relates to our passions, you know. I mean, we're old people and we're having a, we're having a ball. Um, and, and maybe, uh, maybe that's a bad sign because I, I don't, I don't recall ever seeing anybody on the red carpet that looked like they were actually enjoying themselves. All the interviewers always look like strained look. Well, it's funny because I had a really good place on the on the carpet, where I was, and um, what I did is I sat there, and I decided that I would get with the rest of the photographers instead of sitting over the movie camera. Um, but I had a place by the by the you know by the video camera that I could stand, which was a really great place. But I decided to be nice and stand with the rest of the photographers, and they were such dinky weenies. Just to, you know, because I didn't want to say you know. Shithead. Um, no, they were really, they were really, you know, they, it was every man for himself, you know, one man to a towel, you know, good luck. And I ended up getting pushed because I'm the nice guy to the very end of the line, to the worst place you could be in. And um, and I just sat there. It, it's kind of like that guy, you know, when you're on the freeway, and he won't let you, he won't let you move over. So what you do, he's not going to let you in. You're trying to get in. you got your blinker on. You're trying to be nice. You're trying to get in, and he won't let you go. So what do you do? You pull up three cars ahead of him and go in anyway. He is not made, right? <laughs> That's right. I mean, he, he, for him being, he's just been a butthead, but he gained nothing for it. So it's the same thing. I just said, you know what? I, could, I, I tried to stand here and be cool with you guys, you know, but instead I'm going to go stand over there, which knocks every one of you down one slot. There you go. And so I moved. And uh, it was kind of like, I didn't want to, you know, I really didn't want to do that. But it was like, you know, I don't know. The politics of the, you know, the politics of that kind of stuff is, I guess, really crazy. Well, And a lot of those guys, they make their money selling these shots. Um, That's true. So you, you hate to really... You hate to get in, in their way or do that stuff because that would be rude. Yeah, but God forbid, you know, well, I, I feel bad for that business. I wouldn't want to make my money in a business where you had to be rude. It just, uh, yeah. It's not worth it to me. Yeah. Well, they don't have to be rude. No, they, they, yeah, they everybody just, else they is. That they have to. Yeah, well, that's what it got. Yeah, I know. I know it's terrible. Yeah, it's dog eat dog. I mean, if you if you try if you're the, if you decide to be the one monkey or the nice guy, you're just going to be killed. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no particular etiquette amongst them, huh? <laughs> no. Okay. What were we what were we talking about before? I'm sorry, we were talking about. Um, um I don't remember, but we were rambling on. That's what we do. No, you told it. You, you brought up a you brought up a point. This is not good. 
No. Well, you know, I have CRS, so for me it's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> and for our listeners, CRS is can't remember shit. And we can say those things because it's our show. And we're rated PG, PG, so we can say things like that. Yeah, well, you know, I tried, I want, you know, the, the thing to stay adult. There's not, nothing worse to, you know. I, to me, I think the adults should be adults. That doesn't mean that you use the F word every three seconds. You know, it's right. not it's not a military show. <laughs> That's right. And, and I, I'm from Brooklyn, but I don't have to show it. Right. On the other hand, you know, let's all be adults. Uh, you know, sometimes those words are, are the perfect uh, adjectives, nouns, pronouns. Yeah. Um, no, there's no better descriptor than a four-letter word. Yeah. Occasionally. Occasionally. Okay. It just it just so happens. Well, you know, the big thing is is I slip. And so I <laughs> I just want to make it easy for me not to have to worry about it. There you go. Now that's why we we plugged it in as an as a uh, PG rated show, just in case. Yes. Um, you know, so so if we're doing an interview with the uh with somebody uh like uh, if Tippy Hetron comes on and says we're doing an interview unless she has the mouth like uh, of a sailor. <laughs> we probably hold off on cussing too much. Yeah, exactly. Because, I wouldn't do that. Well, that's one of the other things we were talking earlier about. Earlier about if you're interested in, you know, helping us host a uh, interview, or you're a, a celebrity, or author, or guru, or somebody with something to say that would like to do an interview. Um, one of the things that we do offer is that after we do the interview, you are uh, av- the interview is available. Um, for you to uh, reuse. So, you know, I mean, it is your voice. You did talk. Uh, by saying yes to the interview, you do um, pretty much have, you know, the ter- under the terms and laws and all that kind of stuff. It, 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 is, it is our interview, and you said yes to it, so we have that interview. But we, we don't tell anybody that we're the only ones who can use it. So... Uh, it's kind yeah, of like, and we put it out everywhere and anywhere and everywhere we can so that we, I mean, the idea is that we're going to, if we're going to promote them and their cause, which is why we want to talk about their cause, uh, because we always assume that their cause is going to outlast their business. Um, and if we're going to promote their cause, we want it to be, you know, there for the long haul. We want it to be on the Internet because once you put it on the Internet, it's there forever. And uh, and I make that point, again, because it's something that we've been talking about, and I, I actually spoke to Ken about um, when we started talking about what he does for a living. And I said, you know, whatever you're doing for a living now, you may not be doing in three, four years, but whatever your passion is that you're involved in, your cause, the chances are you'll do that for the rest of your life because it, it is what you love to do. So, I mean, even if it's a hobby. So let's talk about that. So that that's continuity because the, the Internet doesn't go away. Once it's out there, it's out there, as as people that have lost their job will attest to when they've been Googled and the and the HR guy finds them cursing on uh, LinkedIn or Facebook. Well, you know, we used to uh, laugh and joke about, young man, this is the principal of your high school, and if you... Uh... If you continue to throw, you know, uh, rocks at the uh, bus, this will go on your permanent record. <laughs> or if you if you ever cheat in when you cheat in school, it'll go on your permanent record. And we laughed because you know, yeah, who's going to see this? Maybe the college uh, that we're trying to get into uh, would suck. But I mean, who's going to go checking our high school record to see if we ever got, you know, if we ever got the paddle? Um, and nobody cares. But nowadays, 
we do have a permanent record. It's called the Internet. Yep. And it's dangerous. And it's forever. I don't think people realize that even if you, when you put it out, even if you go back and you think you've erased it or taken it off that site, that doesn't get rid of it. It's there. It's been imprinted on some server somewhere, and it will just keep coming back to haunt you. Oh, you know, uh, you have the, some sites. You've got rid of your site. And there's a thing on Yahoo called Cached. So you go to the Cached page, you see the old page, you bring it up, you throw it in a blog, throw it out there, boom. <laughs> I can't go delete your blog. Oh, crap. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gone. Once it's out there, you can't put it back. All right. So what are some of the subjects that we have coming up in the future? Uh, good question. Let me take a look at the list of stuff that we intend to discuss. You mean in, uh, on the um, blog talk radio or? Because we, we have so many places. Um, yeah, blog talk. Think, what, what stuff should uh, people... Oh, by the way, what we, were, what we were talking about before was jaywalking. Oh, you start talking about, yeah, the uh, interviews, the jaywalking. <laughs> That's where we started this. What did, you want to, what, this well, what did you want to say about that? Well, no, I would just, uh, you know, I think we'll we'll just save it for a full show because I think, I think talking about all the things that go on in the world and that that the people in general just have no idea beyond their little world what goes on, I think is pretty amazing, and it does speak to the ugly American because when you talk to people from other countries, they're so much more aware of their surroundings than we are here. Um, and that's one of their complaints, uh, when you, especially when you talk to people from the United Kingdom, because that's who we're connected to more than anyone uh, on the Internet, and most because of the common language. But when they talk about getting together with people and talking with people that from the United States, there's always this sense that we don't know what's going on next door to us. You know, we, we listen to the local media, and we're content with that. You know, Channel 7 News, uh, local news, told us what happened down the road. There was somebody robbed the bank or what happened. Ken! How are you? Hey! <laughs> we were just discussing things because we weren't sure if you were going to make it today. Yeah, I couldn't find the access code. That was uh, my holdup. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, I've done that before, but I, in fact, I probably should have given you an update earlier today to make sure you had it, but... Um, Long as you're here, Ken Rojan, the perfect networker. J.W. Nigerian's on with us. Awesome. Nice to meet you. Yeah, wait a second, Ken. How did you become the perfect networker, and we're the networking fools? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Um, I certainly isn't self-proclaimed. I've, I've just had a lot of people say I'm a good networker, and I said I wanted to become a perfect one one day. I would not say I am one. <laughs> there you go. I'm a fool just like you guys. I'm a fool <laughs> for networking. There you go. <laughs> Well, I think Ken's mantra has been similar to ours. I mean, he he didn't go into it to make money because, as we all know, there's not a whole lot of money to be made with all this prolific networking. The idea is to be able to connect people, and uh, Ken's done a phenomenal job. His group has some 12,000, I think, people in it, and um, he's actually forming another group, an international group. Is that right, Ken? Yes, uh, kind of a leader's uh, group, which uh, you guys would be very much invited to. We'd love to have your. We'd love to have your organization on there. It's more of a leaders talk to leaders and help uh, help each other 
uh, get the awareness out for that group. Uh, for instance, my networking group, knowing about your networking group, only makes them better people. So if you really care about your members, you let them know about that kind of stuff. Great. Well, our, our guest today, as I was telling everybody before, Ken Roshan, uh, who is the perfect networker, uh, can produce sites and uh, has 11, 12,000 members on his perfectnetworker.com. Ken's written a book on how to become a perfect networker. And in the meantime, aside from all that work, Ken manages to run around the globe, uh, again, enjoying himself, but networking. And Ken's even on a TV show, which even though I really wasn't going to talk about it, I really am so dead curious. Uh, it's called Goodfellas out of Baltimore. Uh, Ken, could you, could you tell me a little about that? I, I'm fascinated with it. Well, actually, you guys are doing the, the kind of thing that would get you on this particular program. I uh, was simply doing things that were help, was helping the community, doing philanthropic stuff, and my name was thrown in the hat by a couple people. And the, the idea of the show is that instead of good fellows being mobsters, it's uh, good fellows that make a change in the community for the better. So this is a, a pilot program. First city is Baltimore. And if it goes well, they're going to want to put uh, good fellows in uh, in Atlanta, Chicago, everywhere. That's so really, yeah, it should be an interesting uh, reality show. Okay. Have you guys actually done, because when I go on the website, it's a little difficult. I haven't been able to actually grab one of the shows. Have, has there been a show? Or, no, uh, they're actually still doing? filming. They're filming, and the idea is uh, a little like a Charlie's Angels in that there's a godfather, and he, he gets the problem, and the idea of the show is if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And so he puts us to work to solve the problem using nonprofits or organizations that can help, you know, create a solution. Ah, okay. Very good. So they, they, they ever actually are still filming the stuff. Have you guys started working on any, any great philanthropic projects for The Godfather? Uh, yes, we, uh, there was, uh, we've, we've done some filming. I, won't, I don't know which ones are going to be chosen for actually to release the show, but uh, one of them was uh, a very sad story of a, a, a mother and father and son. The father committed suicide. He was going through some really bad depression issues and the economy, et cetera. And so she was left uh, in, in the house where he committed suicide. The kid was traumatized, of course, and um, has really... Uh, been affected with his schooling, he can't. He, he, he doesn't deal well with uh, sharp sounds, lights, etc. So he needs special programs for him. So we're, we're there's an uh, organization called Living Classrooms that specializes in helping kids like this. And then we're trying to get her out of the house, get her uh, at least enough money for that house to pay off the loan and get her into a better uh, situation so she can get on with her life. She's since. Uh, kind of turn to alcohol because it's been just a little overwhelming for her. Wow. And the group that you yeah, work with, the, 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 the good fellas are all in the business community, so I assume that the idea is for you guys to mesh up all your connections to try and put something great together for these people? Yes, and uh, the way they're kind of describing the show is uh, entourage meets extreme home makeover. I was just going <laughs> to I was just going to say, you know, but you're not building a house for it. You're just going to, but you're coming very close to it, it sounds. Well, a new home, that's for sure, yeah. And there's another family that, uh, it's some outrageous amount of kids. It's like somewhere between 9 and 13 kids. But uh, 
they, they, their house was burned down and they have nowhere to turn. Um, either insurance was an issue or just plain and simple money. And uh, so we're, we're helping them with that a solution as well. Oh, that's but there's, stuff. there's 13 there's 13 stories. I haven't been privy to all of them. There was a there was a, a race for the cure um, that was in Howard County. It was for uh, two two women that had cancer, and there was a I guess a connection with um, horse riding uh, that that people that are victims. I mean that have uh, cancer. That giving them uh, time on the horse and and being with horses that helps bring their uh, their physical, mental, and spiritual energy up so they can actually fight the cancer better. It's kind of interesting stuff like that. Uh, that's really intense. Of course, it's, it's, it's a shame that every time we have to do something good, it's because we have to find something incredibly bad, but uh, I guess that's the way the world goes. It's good that at least there are people that are willing to put up the money for a show to get something like that going. And, and, and that brings me to who is actually doing the production on this? Uh, it's Fox 45 is doing the production, and there's uh, it's mainly smaller businesses that are actually funding the uh, the effort. Wow, that's really that's obviously that after the fir- after the first year and the, the hopefully good reception of the program, there'll be a lot more funding for a, a stronger second year. Yeah, well, and maybe they'll branch out, and uh, maybe I can help in my local community if it works out that way. That'd be great. All right, and JW's out in uh, La La Land there in L.A., so they, they've, they're always into causes. Yeah, we've actually yeah. done we've actually done a, a few of those. Um, as I worked with a, a group called uh, Humanity Unites Brilliance, we used to get together once a month, and we'd uh, go to the, the local uh, shelter and find a family and, you know, have a large seminar and have everybody, you know, pitch in to try to help the families out and, I always love that kind of stuff. Or we go out on the street, you know, and, uh, you know, give out kits uh, to, to the homeless and things like that. It's, you know, philanthropic uh, endeavors are what we're all about. You know, having businesses with purpose, having shows with purpose. Um, this is what fulfills me, at least. And I know that Bob's in the same place. And it comes all down to connections. Uh, when you're out there and you're networking, you're creating strong connections, you're giving to the community, you're giving to the relationships and helping everyone out. When you make calls and you say, hey, listen, there's someone else in need, people are more happy to follow suit and, and do what they can to help. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that, that is part of the, the power of the Internet. Once you're connected, uh, you can utilize that power and get into it. I don't think most people realize that. I've I've actually had uh, legal problems that I've been able to solve by putting a question on uh, LinkedIn and then getting 20, 30 lawyers to say, no, no, tell them this, tell them that. And it's really worked. Oh, we, I agree. I agree. <laughs> We've got thousands and hey, thousands of dollars. Have you guys ever dollars. heard of the per- uh, National Publicity Summit? No. Uh, National Publicity Summit was uh, something brought to my attention only uh, six weeks ago. And I just share this with you on the program because, one, it's timely for me in my life, but also it's another story of how connections make such a difference. And uh, it was some unperfect networker, uh, happened to be a charter member, she said, hey, do you know about the National Policy Summit? I said, I've only heard of it. Tell me more about it. She says, well, it's an opportunity if you have a book, a message, a story, um, a website, something that needs to be shared with the public. Uh, if you interview for this National Felicity Summit and they accept you, you can pay $6,000 and they only accept 100 people and you get to talk straight to the media to pitch why your story should be on the air. 
and they give you one minute, and if they like what you're saying, they'll let you speak another minute and a half. If they don't, and they're not interested, they'll just say thank you. But uh, I'm going to that next week, and I, I have to say that I could not have learned about it, gone to it, or had it possibly changed my life if it hadn't been for a network actually looking out for me and, and trying to get me involved in that. Oh, I share that with you. I share that with you as well because now that I'm on the program with you, obviously you know that if I'm going up to New York City next week and I'm making contacts with the media, that there may be some contacts that are going to be good connections for you and so that we can follow up with that. And, and get you guys up there more. Well, yeah, this is what we do. This is what we do every day. It's, um, it's so great that we have somebody like Ken, you know, on the, a call who really understands this, because we talk to people about networking all the time, and people, most people think that networking. And I'm, uh, I'm so glad to talk to you about this. Most people think that networking is creating a list, and list creators are not networkers in my mind. It really is about, sh- you know, I, we try to be just ridiculous about sharing our list. I mean, I think that's, you know, it's about tying people together. It's about following through and building rapport with the people on your list. Um, you know, every perfect networker I've ever seen knew how to go into their list and, and, and tie a couple people together. I mean, you don't, if you have a list of 10,000, you don't have to tie all 10,000 together. But, you know. No, you, just, you actually just have a bigger chance of creating two successful connections. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what I find interesting is that when you, when you make these connections, people that really get what it means to listen to the other person to benefit them and create the connection, what I find most interesting about it is it's three wins, and there's nothing better than a win-win-win. You've made the person who you introduced to a win, you, the one who's being introduced to a win, and you become the biggest winner because both of them talk about you in a very affirmative, positive manner of, look what they did, what he did. There's nothing he's getting out of this. He's just trying to help us. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Very, very powerful. And you become the endorsement and the, and the recommendation of, of the next people they're talking to. Yeah, it's one of the big things we did. We did when we yeah. got together, you and me, Bob, we, we decided to keep arm's length and not do affiliates and not play the whole social marketing game of, you know, outbound uh, marketing. We really wanted to just bring people together, try to do a lot of good, and we knew that if we listened enough and, and gave enough value, that people would come. And how do we monetize that? Not by asking anybody for anything. At that point, if you have 100,000 eyeballs to your site to, to look at great content, you're going to have somebody who wants to advertise there. Sure. Yeah. Well, but the, the, the real issue, though, is that none of us went into this specifically to make money. Most people that get into networking, um, instead of networking, they are working the net. And their, their objective is they assume that they have to just, you know, I put it out there and people are going to now pay me for what I don't know. But, you know, the, the concept of giver's gain uh, is a very slow process. It's a very organic process. And if you're not doing it with passion and enjoying it, then you, you're going to lose out because it takes time. The whole thing takes time. And getting having successes means you have to measure those successes by the amount of people that you've been able to help or the quality of the help that you've been able to give, and, and that's a big factor for us. Well, we're lucky it is so uh, about the passion, and it takes so much time, because if it didn't take a lot of time, you would have a lot of people perpetrating that they're trying to help people when they're just trying to get their name out there, and the people that last, they've gone through the very, very long uh, 
evaluation of this doesn't pay. This is not pain in, in money. This is pain in goodwill. This is pain in future investments of relationships. I mean, it, it's definitely worth a lot, but it's, it's not something you do in short term. That's for sure. We've actually we've actually put together some you know tried to put together some courses to teach people how to do uh, social marketing and social media, and we've we've actually failed at it. Even though we're, we're pretty good at doing it, we failed at writing the courses, and mainly because the courses that everybody wants us to write are the, you know, take one pill and, you know, lose weight kind of courses. You know, every, right. like the, the instant gratification, it, overnight you build a 100,000 list and then everybody buys from you kind of stuff, and tomorrow you get 30,000 yeah, people so on well. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. No, it, it doesn't. It, it's so steady wins a race. There's no such thing as a free lunch, and that's hard. People don't want to buy that. Yeah. Well, I want to correct you on that free lunch thing because because I was late on this program. When I see you guys next time. I want to take you out for free lunch. <laughs> okay, we'll take you up on that. I'll be happy to be wrong. You know, you know, we, we, you know, you talk about the, the payment down the road, right? We always tell people that. The only thing that you're going to gain in the short term is social equity. And, of course, the problem with this social equity is nobody really knows what the currency exchange on social equity is or how long it will take before you can exchange that social equity. And that's really what separates the people like, like us, and I, I really i am proud to put myself in that class, that we just want to do good first and we'll worry about the equity and, and, and the exchange rate later. Uh, and you can see the people on the JW, I know you mentioned that group on LinkedIn, but I'm very anti most of those Lions groups for that reason. They're they're list collectors uh, for just the sake of how they can monetize the list, and I really I despise that to be honest. Oh, and you know we started there, and uh, because you came along and started uh, working on that list, uh, actually it helped turn us around. Um, that was all about you 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 taking care of actually you know getting rid of people that were uh, you know just on there to promote themselves. Absolutely. But we never we never actually connected with Ken in all that time because uh, Ken's not in our uh, our group of uh, real estate people. Right. Well, let's find out more about Ken because he's the perfect networker. Uh, what, what is... Well, I'm trying not to tell you guys too much so you're going to say, we've got to have you back because there's still so much more to learn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really want to read your book so I understand. Uh, you know, arrive? No, it hasn't arrived yet. I'm, I'm waiting to get it, and I'm, I'm fascinated by the idea of becoming a perfect networker because, obviously, you, you know, again, you walk the walk. And, and I'd like to know more about what that means to be the perfect networker. Okay, I, I, I'm going to be happy to answer that in the time we have left, but I, I do want to say that it's kind of cool. We've just had a, a, just a, a regular conversation about our philosophical way of approaching networking and, and why it's so valuable to each one of us. And I would like to get a book out to JW, and we just – take the book um, apart or see how we can improve it or have some just great dialogue about the book itself. Mm -hmm. I'd also like you guys to be in the, the following edition. I am, I'm selling books at, at such a rate that I think that I'll be putting a new book out around January. So I'd love your input, uh, and it's a, it's a big-time invitation that um, I would love to have you involved. Well, you know, I'm more than happy to um, – I'm more than happy if you want to continue on the same vein we were with because it was interesting. And then uh, at another time, um, after we get a chance to read the book, to really kind of tear it up uh, over an hour. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be good. Tear, tear it up. I guess that's the way of saying critique, huh? Well, yeah. Well, he said break apart. So I, okay. I just followed his lead. 
Well, let, let, let's let's really uh, go off the deep end. Blow it up. Yeah, let's blow it up. Go. Blow up the book. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go nuclear it. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said, uh, you know, if if we did this particular thing, you know, worst case scenario, we're going to lose, you know, maybe eight hundred dollars. And they said, I said, I don't know. I think I think the worst case scenario is. We both die, you know. That we, do, we do this. I mean, that would be yeah. worse. <laughs> It'll be valuable then. Oh, right, well, yeah. You know what? I, I don't want to get off the subject of networking, except I do have to ask kind of question. Uh, when I went to your site and I looked at your pictures um, with Gandhi and uh, Khrushchev and things like that, uh, I'm, 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 I'm always amazed at, at the, the traveling that other people do, considering I've never been any any place besides New Jersey and Florida. So where where are you going next? Well, I'm going to go where the networking pools take me, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in all seriousness, I think the best way for a very successful networking journey to occur is to, to have a talk with multiple networking organizations and leaders and say, you know what, instead of this being an okay experience, let's just take this and make it over the top and let's create a journey that maybe is, you know, 10 days, 14 days, but something that would really open our minds up and give us a chance to be away from it all, to come back and give so much more than we already are giving and, and receive so much more as a result of that. So uh, the, as far as the traveling is concerned, it, it's really strange, but seven years ago, Something very catastrophic, I guess it's actually eight years, eight years ago, something very catastrophic happened to my, my entertainment business. I, I learned that I was being embezzled for a, a very high amount. It was over 150000 It was 5000 a month. didn't even notice it. It was just like the money was being very carefully removed from my company. And it disheartened me so much that I, I said, you know what, I need a six-month break from this. I've been a workaholic doing this for 20 years, and I'm going to look at something else in life and, and find out, you know, what the purpose of life basically is, since it, it certainly isn't running an entertainment company. I, I went to take some languages and uh, quickly found out that there was a, a language program in France, and I and I opted to, to take my very first three-week vacation. And I went wow. three weeks to the Alps, and I learned French at a higher level, not fluently, and I said, you know what, there's so much that I'm learning about life and about people and about things I would never know if I hadn't left Maryland. And so I made it a, a, a point that the next year I'd go for six weeks, two three-week ones, and the following year, nine weeks, three three-week ones, and the following year, four three-week trips, and that was the cap. I just wanted to go once a quarter to really build my brain up. And, you know, CEO space is a very, very smart organization because they got away from the yearly goal, which is pretty worthless. Basically, by the second month, you're saying, you know what, I don't think I'm going to hit this yearly goal. I'm going to wait till next year. You just don't want to admit it. You don't want to talk about it. You just stop. And what they have is they have a 90-day um, accountability program, and every 90 days you have the invitation to go to another forum where you really talk about your next game. And really? I, yeah, it's, it's incredible. And CEO Space is a very large organization, and they're on this perfect world network. And the leader is Rob Adams, really great guy to know. But you learn about the leaders in perfect world network, so... You guys can uh, get on that site, and obviously you'll be a, a free membership, so that'll be uh, a nice savings there. So to see you the space? following year, I, I, I took on Spanish, and I got out language. I'm serious. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I added a language or two every single year. So how many languages do you speak now? I don't speak 
the 12 I've taken, but I know how to read and write most of them, and I know how to be nice in all of them. <laughs> well, you're like, you're like a ninja. Well, you know. <laughs> no, I'm not. Not even close. I will not even accept that compliment or even uh, delude your audience that that could be possible. No, I, I, I know how to say hello, thank you, and, and get some smiles and possibly even some laughs at how bad I speak other languages. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, if you've noticed by my Brooklyn accent, I, I'm, I barely mastered the English language, so this is something else. <laughs> Well, you'll, you'll like the fact that in the book I have a little section that's three pages long that just says how to say hello in 40 languages. And if you find out, if you were to memorize it, for instance, I assure you that you would hit a lot of people that are in the United States with uh, kind of a, wow, how do you know tree from Ghana or how do you know Turkish? But it's just, I even have pig Latin in there. I, I did one surprise, you know, just to, <laughs> just to have a little fun with it. So, so if I say, people, well, hold on, if I say inch passes or jamba or uh, nihao, you know what I'm saying. Um, well, I do know the nihao very well. Um, I took more Chinese, Mandarin Chinese than the other two languages, and I have not even mastered the 40 languages, but I, I do know how to say uh, hello, thank you, you're welcome, and all that. I spent a lot, the languages that I've taken, unfortunately, in college, they do not teach you how to speak the language as much as they spend a lot of time teaching you the phonetics and how to write the language the first semester. So it is a painstaking process. I would much rather them just say, you know what, if you were to be thrown in this country, we're going to work on the next month with just 20 expressions that you need to know to survive. And I would just, that would get so much more valuable. Oh, yeah. Right. Immersion. Yeah, immersion. It's, it's so funny because I went down to South America a couple of times, down to Cartagena, Colombia. Got myself a little Cartagena girl. And right. stayed with the family so I could uh, deeply immerse myself in the language. And the first thing they said was, no, you're not speaking uh, Spanish. Uh, we want to go to the Estados Unidos. You're going to speak English so we can learn. <laughs> oh. Really? Yeah. That's exactly how it went down. I was just going to say, I lived, in, I lived with a family two times in Cuernavaca, Mexico, and same experience. If I started speaking English, they would stop me and they'd say, you can only speak Spanish. My Spanish was so bad. But the grandfather had a lot of mercy on me, and after dinner, he'd give me two shots of tequila, and he says, that'll help you speak Spanish better. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It did. It did. Because you, your inhibition goes down, and all this subconscious learning that you've done comes forward to your conscious, and you actually start speaking actually better than you would if you were... Uh, feeling nervous about it. Yeah, because you're doing less translating in your head. You know, I mean, you're, right. you're thinking right. more. I, you know, I did learn, of course, how to say, "Where's the bathroom? Where's the beach?" And and and, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, one. What were the other two languages? You said Nihao. I couldn't hear you well enough to. Uh, the other one, Inchposes, was is uh, Armenian. Okay. And Jamba is, I think, uh, some kind of African language. I have no idea. I was just patting myself yeah, on the I, back. I, I've seen that. I learned three. Taking that language. Yeah. I learned three. You learned forty. <laughs> he is Armenian. Is that, so you speak Armenian because you're from uh, you, that you're, you've moved here from the United States or your family? No, my my mother is Hispanic. My father is Armenian Polish. So I'm only a quarter Armenian, and you know they my they didn't even, my mother speaks Spanish fluently, but uh, we spoke English around the house, so that never. My mother used Spanish to talk about things like candies and cookies and, and adult things because <laughs> we didn't understand it. So, yeah, that's it. They used it as a weapon so you couldn't understand them. Yeah, that was their secret language, so they didn't teach it to us. Well, Armenian people, the, the Armenian people I met in Russia, 
were phenomenally hardworking and uh, just very cordial people. I, I really grew to love them. I, I saw a lot of construction people working for some uh, Russian friends of mine, and they, they just are very diligent people, and they smile. I mean, they were just very friendly. Well, I do live in an Armenian section of town here in Los Angeles around Glendale, and all, almost every one of my neighbors is Armenian, From some from Iran, some from Russia, some from, you know, um, uh, Lebanon, they're all over the place, but they all, uh, they all get along. We all get along. It's great. Good people. That's fantastic. And you will agree, though, had I actually known a little Armenian, it gave us a different uh, connection and bond than we had, you know, five minutes ago. Oh, yeah. And I could only speak on the fact that I've met Armenians outside the United States. And, and it truly was a pleasure meeting. I, I got to spend a week with them, and you know, I never learned their language because they fortunately did learn enough Russian that I could speak a little Russian. I spoke with them. You, you know, Ken, this is one of the great things about doing the interview. Um, and I'm one of those people that uh, when I'm talking to you, I'm not a great listener. I'm working on that all the time. So when I'm talking to you, I'm usually thinking in my head what I'm going to say next, and I'm working so hard to get rid of that. By becoming an interviewer, and I know you do some blog talk yourself, um, it allows us to get out of our head a little bit and listen and find out about, really find out about the other person a bit. Yes, it definitely does. And, and not only that, it, it's reaching out across the, the way to leadership where you're causing great change. Uh, you guys have a network. I have a network. You, you're working with the people that are running networks, and you guys have, and we help each other. Our networks become better, but our country becomes better. It, it's that simple. You have just reached the end of part one of the Networking Fool interview with Ken Rashawn, the perfect networker. Thank you for listening to the Networking Fools show, featured on Blog Talk Radio and on the Networking Fools website at www.networkingfools.com. Networking Fools is the property of Network Alchemists. Networking Fools, Network Alchemists, Nalchemists, and Nalchemy are trademarks of the Network Alchemists, LLC, and this podcast is copyright 2010 and all rights are reserved.